I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Amy, that's Lisa, and we're just two girls that want to have a conversation with you. Dear 16-year-old Andrea. Hey, gorgeous. Dear younger Lauren. Each episode is stories from people. I would deprive myself, weigh myself obsessively. Because I was eating healthy, I couldn't understand that I had a problem with food. Losing my period scared me the most. My story starts when I was around seven. That's when I started to hate my body. Body image is like our inner picture of our outer self. Healthy behaviors play a much bigger role in our health than the actual number on the scales. Internal dialogue can be so powerful and often it's super negative and critical in a way that we wouldn't talk to other people that we care about. When you start to share your story, that gives other people the courage to share theirs. I know you would be proud now of how far you have come in your relationship to food, exercise, and to yourself. I felt freedom. I've gained relationships. I've found my true sense of self-worth. There's one thing I need you to take away from this. You're going to be okay. Okay, Lisa and I are excited to have Victoria Myers back on. If you missed our episode with her, she was on previously talking about intuitive eating and IBS. We had an amazing conversation. So we're pumped to have her back on to talk about how to get 
your period back, which I personally have never dealt with, but I know others listening may, or it might be something that they have a loved one has gone through. So this could be a perfect episode to share with someone. I know we have a lot of moms that have daughters and this is a real thing. It's a real concern. And I'll go ahead and say Victoria's Instagram handle here, but we'll have it in the show notes at Victoria Myers underscore. And Victoria is definitely qualified for what she is talking about. Uh, She is a podcast host of her own, Nutrition Minds. You can check that out. She is a registered dietitian and she is the founder of Nourishing Minds Nutrition. So Victoria, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back again. Before we jump in and go through all about how this happens, why it happens, what the cause is, something that I've noticed with my friends, I'm 32 years old, so I have a lot of friends a few years younger than me, a few older than me, and some who have lost their period because of dieting. And there was no concern while they were dieting and staying in control of their weight and bodies. But when it came time to think about having a baby, all of a sudden they were terrified and were scrambling to get their periods back and to learn about their bodies. So I just thought it was super interesting to kind of think if I was 20 and I lost my period because of disordered eating habits, I might sweep that under the rug. But when you're a few years older or in your family planning years, all of a sudden it kind of bites you in the butt and you wish you didn't do the things that you did. So just Just for anybody who's maybe not there yet, I want you to be thinking about what that means for your body. And while it might not be critical to fix it in the moment, you don't want to get to the point where you two are scrambling. Yeah, because your period is your monthly report card. And you definitely want to think of it that way. Like it's telling you that your body is safe and seen and heard and taken care of truly. I will say that there are ramifications for not having a period, even if you aren't trying to have a baby. There's, uh, you know, impacts to your bone density. It can affect your heart health. Uh, estrogen is very protective to our hearts. And I know like people often see periods as like this annoying monthly thing they have to deal with. But hopefully we can also change that conversation to be an empowering message of like, this is your body taking care of you. And also a period can be a wonderful restorative time. I know that sounds a little hippie of me, but it's true. It can be. So hopefully that will help shift someone's perspective about their period too. Hey, can y'all quickly, since I know... Victoria, you and Lisa both know the official term for what we're talking about, but I want y'all to say it out loud for everybody else because I, for the life of me, cannot say it. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to mess up saying it now that we're like laughing about saying it wrong. So we're going to talk today about HA, so hypothalamic amnuria. Boom. (laughs) Now you can like use that whenever you're talking about it and sound super smart. Let's call it HA for the purpose of today, I feel like, you know, so anytime we say HA, we're talking about what? Victoria. Hypothalamic amnuria or a missing period. <laughs> okay, but is it's missing period due to HA. So hypothalamic amnuria is means that you've once had a period and now it's missing because there's technically a version called primary amnuria which means you've never had your period before. But hypothalamic amnuria means that you had a period and now it's MIA, it's missing in action. So HA is, you know, a really interesting thing that there's this, you know, I think we understand a lot of times with like eating disorders that there are can often be like a missing period. There's also the female athlete triad where we often, like this kind of a known thing that a lot of times athletes can lose their periods, but there's this huge group of women that also lose their periods just from disordered or um, just dieting behaviors alone can also 
And the way you basically want to think of HA is your body has stopped getting the fuel or the necessary inputs it needs to create a cycle. There's a lot of different mechanisms within the body, and I wouldn't want to necessarily get super scientific in today's episode because that can get really boring really quickly, but basically think of it like this. If your body is in a famine mode, so feast or famine, it thinks that it's unsafe to produce a cycle right now. And there's a lot of things that happen with your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis or your HPA axis where your body starts to shut down the pathway. So again, you can just think of it as like your body isn't getting what it needs. So it starts to shut down these pathways. There's these like amazing reproductive neurons that tell your body that it's time to stimulate and mature an egg, which leads to ovulation, which leads to your period. Other things that can happen in addition to like your, your neurons not firing correctly anymore and your body going into that famine mode is your hormones just start to decrease. I was mentioning estrogen earlier is a really important reason why you also want your period because it's very protective to your bones and to your heart health. But estrogen is involved with your uterine lining. It's also involved with the first half of your period, your follicular phase, and it helps tell your body it's time to ovulate, which then tells your body to search your progesterone. And often when we have HA, you have really, really low levels of estrogen and progesterone. I've seen women with postmenopausal ranges of estrogen and progesterone. And that's another thing that happens is, so not only are these like HPA axis stops functioning correctly, it tells your neurons and different components and chemicals in your body to stop firing the things that needs to stimulate the egg, but also you just stop producing enough literal hormones to have a cycle. And the main things that cause it, we call them the big four practices, food, exercise, sleep, and stress. I will say above all though, food is the primary culprit of why period can go missing. So that means that you're not eating enough. That's like the primary thing that you can think of is when I say food intake, I mean, you are not eating enough. And it's really interesting. You can actually lose your period from not eating enough with or without a low body fat. Cause that's a really big common misconception. People often think you have to have a really, really low body fat. And that's simply not true. You can just lose it from calorie restriction alone. I'll also say calories are probably most important when it comes to food intake. And second, after that is carbohydrates. Cause we have glucose sensing neurons in our ovaries. And another reason why we can really quickly lose, lose our period if we're not eating enough carbohydrates. So as an example, I've seen people maybe calorically eat enough from something like a keto diet, but then they still lose their period because they're not eating any carbohydrates and they're really, really important for your period. So that's the food piece with exercise is typically just someone is over exercising, exercising too much. And that can cause a lot of stress to the body and also cause an inadequate food intake to exercise ratio. And that's also part of why they lose their periods. And then not quite as important, but definitely important is stress levels. If someone's had like a big change in life, they've moved, they've gone across sees they've had maybe a new job, stress levels can definitely cause a missing period. I would say that's a little bit more common with just like missing your period here and there though. Um, HA is probably going to be a little bit more specifically related to food and to exercise. And then I will say sleep is really important too. Sometimes we see people have irregular cycles if they're not uh, getting adequate quality of sleep too. So the big four is what impacts your body. And again, all these different pathways basically saying your body starts to shut down and not produce a cycle because it thinks it's in a famine or it's not in a safety mode is the way I always describe it. So how many months of a missing period does it take to diagnose or warrant and call it HA? I believe it's three or more months. Yeah. 
Okay, so I assume at that point, people need to seek medical attention and get some help there. But what are some ways or some steps people can take to help restore what's been done? Yeah, so I agree. I think seeing a medical doctor is always something I'm going to advise as you go see your OBGYN and talk to them about this. Occasionally, PCOS can be part of the conversation or not occasionally, but I will say PCOS can cause a missing period. We're talking specifically to HA today, though. I just mentioned that because sometimes when people go to a doctor, they immediately get splashed with the diagnosis of PCOS, and a missing period is not only caused from PCOS. Just wanted to mention that. But the main thing... Can you can you define PCOS? Yeah, so polycystic ovary syndrome. It's when we have... I mean, there's a lot of different criteria. You have elevated androgens. You also have a missing or irregular period, and you have uh, polycystic ovaries. Usually, we're looking at 25 or more follicles on each ovary is what you need to get diagnosed with it. And that can cause a missing or irregular period. I know that's, again, it's not the the purpose of this conversation, but um, HA is a little bit different of what causes the missing period in comparison. So you did say that body fat does not necessarily have a correlation to HA. However, what about weight changes? So do you need to go through weight loss for hypothalamic amenorrhea to occur? Yeah, definitely. Like weight loss can definitely uh, contribute to HA. And that makes sense too, just from the energy intake perspective, right? Like usually weight loss is happening because there's a calorie restriction of some kind happening, but weight loss or like, especially like sudden weight loss can definitely also indicate to your body that it's again, not in a safety time and not a a healthy time to produce a cycle. So that's a good question. I I mentioned this in the very beginning, but I mentioned it doesn't have to be low body weight because there is this perception that you have to be in a thin or small size body to have HA. And that's not always true. I mean, you can be in a variety of body sizes and experience it. Just to drive that point home and correct me if I'm wrong, you can have a BMI, your doctor says your your body mass index is overweight or even obese, and you can still have hypothalamic amenorrhea, likely if you are restricting calories. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And then can we continue on with the possibly seeing OBGYN or a medical professional, but being careful of them immediately diagnosing you with something else? Because they may not, I'm, I'm wondering if my OBGYN has ever really asked me about my food intake or caloric intake. I mean, they definitely just want to weigh me and make sure that I check whatever box that is. But I'm just wondering if someone goes and yes, you're right they go to that appointment, will they get the proper guidance? But let's say that they know it's HA. Are there other steps you could share that they could take to help restore their period? Yeah. I, and it, that was a really good point to make, Amy, because sometimes, yeah, it's not so cut and dry of like someone's going to sit and ask you, what is your relationship with food like? And what are you doing with your exercise habits? And let's be real. A lot of times these habits are praised. Orthorexia is definitely something in any disordered eating where like women eating less and exercising too much is often a praise thing in our in our society specifically. So really good point to make. I mean this is going to sound so simple, but I understand it's not at all. It's why like we work one-on-one with people on this, but you need to eat more and exercise less. That's the basics behind fixing HA, but eating more, I don't know if we talk about calorie ranges here. I can share some of that, but it's usually eating an appropriate amount of calories to restore HA. And then with exercising, typically what we're looking at, not everyone can take an exercise break. All that That's my gold standard. I usually prefer a small time frame of an actual exercise break, but sometimes that's not possible for all people. A lot of time exercise addiction is a real thing. 
So then we just focus on reducing overall exercise or let's say taking out high intensity interval training and just focusing on walks or yoga or something like that to get their period back. I think what's so interesting about HA is it sounds really easy, but the reality is it's like those are really hard things to work through. And I think that's where like working one-on-one can be so helpful. It's because I swear more of my job, at least I wonder if you feel the same, like I feel like my job is more talking about like the mental aspects of why it's so challenging than it is like just giving someone like a calorie range and telling them not to exercise. Like it's never that simple. It's always like talking through why we're so stressed or worried or anxious about things or why we have the fear of weight gain like that's I feel like such a huge part of my job yeah and when it comes to a period it can further the stress and anxiety when that report card comes and you're doing all the things that your dietitian tells you uh, you're eating more you're exercising less and then your period still isn't coming back and that can kind of put you into a cycle of feeling like a failure having more stress furthering the loss of period by way of that stress part of the equation especially if you are in family planning mode and that is on a timer yeah I think that's a good point and my thing with the fertility too is like if you're doing this work in addition with fertility treatment like I'm going to support you with whatever decision you make because some people have the time to wait for HA because it can take six plus months to heal from right and then some people don't have that time and I always really want to honor and respect that but I still always encourage doing this work in addition if you are doing something like fertility treatment because it is so important uh, to heal just because again it's your body knowing that it's safe and taken care of. On my personal experience I lost my period when I went off of birth control. Same here. Is that HA? I don't think of it as HA. I think of it more like post birth control syndrome. Yeah. That's the way I would personally describe it but I do think if it's an extended period of time it is probably more likely that it is HA and you may have always had HA but the birth control pill disguised that which is like oh my gosh, I could be in another episode in itself, right? Like how the birth control pill, like just gives us withdrawal bleeds and it's not the same thing as the natural monthly cycle. And it can be really confusing because it makes you think that, you know, you're good and you're having a period, but it's not the same thing. So, yeah. So if you're having a regular period on birth control, it's not that it's a false good report card in theory, not necessarily, but you can't say this is my report card. I'm doing everything great because it's synthetically happening. Would that be the right word? Yeah, so you're on typically some amounts, it's different for every birth control pill, but you're on a synthetic amount of estrogen and progesterone. It's not the same as the like the beautiful ebbs and flows of your natural monthly period. And that causes whenever we stop taking it, when we start taking the sugar pills, a withdrawal bleed. And that's not the same thing. Now, I'm going to say like, just to be real clear, like I have no qualms with birth control. Thank goodness we have it. That's say, you know, was so important for so many years of my life because I didn't have an unwanted pregnancy. So I'm not hating on it at all, but it is important to understand, like, it's not the same thing. So it's not hating on it, but it's also like understanding its purpose and that it's not giving you the same thing as a pill. I will also say just real quick, sometimes with eating disorder recovery, uh, this is different than what we've been talking about with disorder eating, but sometimes you actually want someone to take something like synthetic estrogen or birth control as they are too underweight, so much so where it's going to take a long time to get their period back. And that can be protective to their bones and to their heart health until we know they're safe to get their period back. So there's always caveats, of course, but uh, most of the time we want to work to get back that natural monthly period. Such an important distinction. Yes. Yeah. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man 
take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old <laughs> And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. In the beginning, you said something about how we really want to change the conversation around periods. And I think 
this will open the conversation up to all listeners, even if you're not going through loss of period. And for me, this has been such a wonderful way to take my health back because when I lost my period because of birth control, all of a sudden I didn't have that report card coming in. And it, it came back within about six months and I, I did some things that I'm not going to mention here because it might not be applicable to everybody and I don't want to confuse everybody. But when I started getting it back, it really changed my mind about periods and my own health. And even with my now husband, boyfriend, then, you know, we were high-fiving each other when I was getting my period, which is a complete opposite framework of, you know, how I was in my early 20s. Ugh, my period, you know, a boyfriend, you know, wasn't celebrating it either. So, you know, it's just so amazing to think about how wonderful the body is and really double think or check in with ourselves when we're quick to complain about something that it's doing just because we're conditioned to complain about what it's doing. So I personally love my period. I'm also not one of those people that gets crazy cramps. So I know that it can be a very uncomfortable experience for a lot of people. But for me, I feel so womanly and good and in charge of my health when I get that as a read on my body. Okay. I love that so much. And I'm going to echo that completely. I love my period. I'm actually on my period right now. And I'm like, hell yeah, girl, get your your body's doing good. Like I, I genuinely like get excited when it happens. I also, I, I don't know how much you guys talk about the period. So maybe people aren't familiar with this. There's this whole idea of like cyclic living. And we talk about that with our clients because intuitive eating is really about going with the seasons of life and going with the ebb and flow of life. And I love this idea of being very introspective and like really not having a lot on my calendar when I'm on my period. And that changes as I uh, go towards ovulation. So I just have always looked at it as this really fun way to connect deeper, more profoundly with my body. And yeah, of course, sometimes I'm more moody on certain parts of my cycle and I get annoyed, but overall, it's just allowed for a greater appreciation for like being a woman because our period is actually like our like powerhouse. It's not like the negative thing that we have to deal with every month. Something you also said earlier, and I love that, by the way, I think I might start implementing a little bit of that into my life of when I am on my period, what does my schedule look like? And how can I give myself that permission to just step away from certain activities or things? But I also want to say too, you said something earlier about with your clients and when they have HA and really getting to the root of why they got there, I'm paraphrasing kind of what you said to get to what I want to ask you, is like, okay, let's get to the root of why you feel like you need to look that way anyways. So for some of us, yes, like Lisa, there was a time in her 20s where she could sweep no period under the rug because the root of the problem was society has told us we need to look like this. So as women, one of the many sacrifices that ends up on the table is the loss of our period. So just for anybody that maybe hasn't lost their period, but they're listening to this and hopefully they can walk away with an appreciation of just how complex our bodies are and how everything is working together at this crazy level that we can't, I can barely even comprehend. Every organ and depends on this and that and the brain breakdown of whatever. And when we're destroying our bodies for this gain or what by society standards, a short-term gain, 
but like the long-term effects are not worth it. They're not worth it at all. And I think it's just comes back to like understanding that like not eating enough calories or not eating enough overall isn't worth it to lose your health over. And we're being told this guise of it's for your health, you're taking these foods out of your diet or you're not eating a particular way, or maybe you're just overall like not, you know, you're doing a calorie restriction diet, but my question back to people is like, is that really about your health? Is that truly value-based and aligning for you to do? Because this doesn't seem to be giving you your health if you're developing digestive issues or more of those, or you're losing your period. Like you might be doing it because you think certain foods are inflammatory or that you shouldn't eat X, Y, and Z foods, or you should be on a calorie restriction diet because that's just what we think health is right now. But is that really health? Like, is that really, and again, having your period to me is like one of the main um, vital signs. That's uh, from Lisa Henderson Jackson. She calls it the fifth vital sign. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's such a great way to think of it as like one of your signs of health. And, you know, thank goodness for some bodies that show up and not everybody gets that warning sign. Maybe if you've got gastrointestinal issues that show up because of your eating disorder or you have HA show up because of your eating patterns, thank your body. Maybe in the moment it's frustrating because you're so desperate to I'm just categorizing, but let's say it's because you want to be thin. You're so desperate to weigh a certain amount or something, but thank goodness your body is functioning at a level that it can give you the warning because other people, their body may not give them the HA warning, but there's still serious problems going on. Like it, it, it may show up just down the line. I'm just kind of thinking of trying to have gratitude. It's unfortunate if you have HA, but how amazing that your body sent you a signal that you need help. Yeah, I really like that perspective and similar to with digestive issues, right? Like when I was experiencing really bad digestive issues, that was a sign that something was off with my body. Same when I lost my period after getting off the birth control pill. And I'll even say to this day, I haven't had a missing period since I got my period back all those years ago, but I will get digestive issues. I'll have flare-ups whenever I'm in a lot of stress in my life. And it's always a reflective time for me to be like, okay, you're obviously stressed out about something uh, because IBS obviously isn't just cost from just what you're eating can be caused from, you know, stress and anxiety. We know so linked to that too. So I just always use my symptoms as like, okay, obviously something's going on, like check in time, Victoria, like how is your life going? Is there something where like you are too stressed out about something? And you can always like, if you are still struggling with disordered eating, I would say check in with your food, your exercise habits. That's always, if you're experiencing more symptoms or if your period goes missing, those are the first things you always want to ask yourself, but it is, it's a great way to like reflect and ask yourself where you are at in your journey. I lost my period for a month during COVID and I thought I, I had to be pregnant because I haven't had a missing period in, in a long time. And I mean, I must've spent $400 on pregnancy tests and I went to the doctor and without I, I wrote a blog about this but without even uh, knowing anything about my baseline weight or anything she told me that I should just lose weight just blanket statement told me that and yeah I think I had gained I'm like to myself I think I, I don't weigh myself but I think I went on a scale there I forget the story exactly I wrote it in the blog but yeah that I mean Amy's jaw my just dropped yeah, both of your jaws dropped and that so did my you know Instagram audiences um, when I told that story but and, and go ahead and read the blog. It's on my site or I'll link it, I guess, below. But 
I will say, I actually didn't plan on telling the story. I forgot about it until we were kind of talking about it. But it's so important to not go with blanket statements from your healthcare providers and really know your own body because it was just stress. And it made, you know, that was the first time in my life a healthcare provider had said that to me. And I actually appreciated being in the shoes of many of the people that I work with because it just totally invalidates everything else and it makes you feel to blame. And, you know, it, it first of all was unrelated to that and second of all just was such an unhelpful suggestion and you know what i think why my jaw dropped i'm sure why so many people listening is because you know lisa you know you benefit from thin privilege and that's something i love that you talk so much about so it's so concerning to me because if someone says that to you imagine who else they're saying it to and then two why didn't they stop and ask you how is your stress what's going on in your life is there any like have you had any major transitions or challenges have you had any changes to your eating and exercise habits I understand like there's so much medical complications of like they're not given enough time or education this kind of stuff it's just super super saddening to hear that honestly because like that was such an opportunity to ask questions rather than tell you to lose weight especially like tell you to lose weight yeah and it came from like a much more general place than where it kind of sounds like it's coming from. You know, it was like sometimes our bodies are very sensitive to small weight changes. Therefore, a few pounds could get you back to, you know, your period. So it was more gentle than, you know, oh, just go home and lose weight. There was a little bit more basis. But nonetheless, you know, I just think it's so important for everybody to bring their own power to every appointment, whether that's with a registered dietitian or a doctor and recognize that blanket advice like that is just so unhelpful. And the real reason I brought this up was because stress has a profound impact on our bodies, period. And we do not talk about that enough. We go so quick to the weight. And, you know, by focusing on my stress management techniques, my next period returned. So there we were. Yes, I so appreciate you sharing that because again, stressed, I couldn't agree more. I just such a big advocate, like what's your stress levels like? What's your anxiety levels like? Because that makes such a difference in our health in so many ways. We just don't give enough credit. And it's so funny because I think we wrapped up the first episode talking about that, but it's just true. It really is so important that we understand and we make peace with that. And I understand stress and anxiety is harder to deal with and, you know, eliminating a food or doing a protocol or trying to do, I when it comes to hormones, so often people are eliminating foods. That's why I mentioned that. They think I have a missing period. That must mean I'm eating something inflammatory, but Oftentimes, especially with HA, not oftentimes, almost always with HA specifically, that is not at all why you have a missing period. It's not because you're eating specific foods. It's because you're not eating enough and you're probably exercising too much. Well, that was incredibly helpful. And as a reminder, we'll put all of Victoria and her nutrition practices information in the show notes below. Victoria, thank you for being such a wealth of knowledge and sharing your beautiful energy with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 